I really like the simile of international air travel for rebirth. I think the uh, similarities are quite striking. As a very, you know, has a very in-between state-like characteristic when you travel, because you're in this kind of closed system, and no one is really at home there. Everyone is only in a transiting, although it can take the days if you're in a really long distance, multiple layover of many hours, and it's a really long trip. And when you finally arrive at your destination, you also get out of the system. There's all these you know, controls, and a passport ticket, Australia even quarantine. There's a very clear kind of transition into that system and then out of it. And while you're in it, everyone is just moving around. It's completely different people. So I think it's really the best simile or metaphor we can gain in our everyday experience for what it will be like transiting to the next life. And even when you arrive, it's quite a different country. If you go to a more exotic country, very different from your own one, you may speak a different language. Even. Just like when you're born in a new life, you may learn a new language. But if you're an immigrant like me, when you go back to your country of birth, you may be speaking a different language than here, which means you're a little bit a different person. So there's uh, intriguing uh, similarities. In particular, useful are the similarities if we contemplate what do we really need. Imagine if you have to go on a big trip, and I think that the best comparison is obviously not just a, a little holiday tourist trip, but the best comparison is what quite a few of us may have been through, and that is really emigrating or immigrating to a new country. Because going to the next life is not just three weeks and you come back. But if you have the experience of leaving your own home country behind, and then traveling and then establishing kind of a new life, as an immigrant in a new country, and I think that is uh, getting a little bit closer. And if you want to do that, I suggest that there are four things which you really need. Imagine you have to leave Australia and start a new life in Bolivia. You have no choice on the matter. So number one, flight ticket. It will be difficult to get there without a flight ticket. Even if you have a flight ticket, particularly look at Australia, if you have a flight ticket but you have no visa, you may be in big trouble. They may be putting you in, as at Nauru, in some immigration detention for the rest of your life or something. So second, we usually need a visa that we can get to the destination where we want to get. 
even if you have a flight ticket and a visa, is that enough to really establish you in the new country? Is that enough even for a nice holiday? Would you enjoy a holiday in Paris with nothing but a flight ticket and a visa? I mean, I can maybe do that as a Buddhist monk. <laughs> Wouldn't be really a holiday in Paris, no? but in lay life, what do you need? No money, no, you should have a credit card. And the credit card should have some charge. It shouldn't be in a maxed out to the limit already. And maybe some cash and some Bitcoin and some traveler checks and some whatever lay people may be using, not so experienced. However, if you're really uh, emigrating or immigrating to a new country, there's no something else which is very useful. I look at all the people who come here from Sri Lanka. I notice that many doctors, engineers, and so on, highly qualified people. When you meet Sri Lankans in Australia, you may come to the wrong conclusion that in Sri Lanka they are all doctors, engineers, architects, and so on. But that's not the case. No? It's much easier to emigrate if you have a high qualification, if you have got knowledge. And these are the similes for the transition to the next life. Has Bandula got all these four things? Your brother? What is the flight ticket? What makes your mind soar up, rise up? The sadha, faith in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. The confidence, conviction, what we call the sadha, a wide view, you can also call it a wide view, you can call it a conviction, confidence, trust, the faith in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. It's a very powerful thing. And in fact, uh, the Buddha stated that those with a sufficient degree of faith and affection in him now already bound for Devaloka. Of course, the Buddha has quite high standards when he says sufficient. It's not like you know, passing an exam with a marks for sufficient. <laughs> it's, he means there is a very high level of faith and affection. But uh, that high level then would be sufficient just that much, basically. And you may have similar teachings actually in other religions. It can make a big difference. And once the mind is separated from that body and is moving very quickly, it's quite normal once the mind is separated from the cause physical body and that it moves just like your mind moves in meditation just like you can think of Sri Lanka or Indonesia or China or Thailand your mind is right there and appears now this is now how 
movement will occur and once the connection with the physical body is broken it goes in a, with a speed of thought so the mind may be in a moving about very quickly and it goes in according to attachments goes according to craving it goes according to habit but if the faith, the conviction is strong then that will overtake you know, these attachments and these cravings and then will direct the mind towards Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. The Dhamma includes you know, realization Nibbana, you know, the deathless state. In fact, you know, for a practitioner, the time of dying can be an excellent opportunity for a major breakthrough. Have you all read about near-death experience? Or even on YouTube, they have a lot of stuff. Now, these are people who were clinically dead and then have been resuscitated. And a substantial number of those have memories of the time where they should have been clinically dead. And it's an intriguing story because sometimes they know things which they cannot possibly know because it's I mean, established they know that during that time period when they overheard what the doctor was saying during the operation or when they could describe what was happening in the operating room it's established that they were considered clinically dead with no brain and heart function still from their subjective side they can share experiences And what uh, quite a few describe is this experience of floating towards the light. Have you ever read about that or heard about that? It's a not unusual feature in near-death experience. And the people suddenly see a beautiful light, often white, and it can appear like they're falling into a well with a light at the bottom or like they're floating through an empty space towards the light or like they are in a kind of tunnel and the light is at the end. And it's very, very beautiful. They usually describe it as being incredibly beautiful and they just want to get there. But then suddenly they find themselves walking somewhere or something else happening. It's basically the same like in, in your meditation. You may have uh, ex actually experienced something similar in your meditation or that some light comes up. It's very beautiful. But due to craving, attachment, habit, you know, your mind still goes to something you know, that it is attached. And then you're losing you know, that beautiful brightness in your heart. So it's a very similar progress. And the fascinating thing is you know, that this light is usually experienced even by people where it doesn't appear that they had much of meditation or spiritual practice in this life. And sometimes even by people who uh, made considerable bad karma in this life. And then I believe you know, the reason is simply you know, when the mind forcefully does get separated by the body, now then it's very easy to experience that, you know, the brightness of the mind, because the separation from the body you know, uh, simply happens, you know, is forced. 
as in samadhi you have to so to speak and separate your mind detach your mind from the body and uh, do that through the uh, strength of your samadhi so it's actually an excellent opportunity and uh, imagine if even people without any uh, much meditation experience in this life and they can have such a beautiful experience imagine what you might be able to do if you can actually have the light and watch it for an extended period in your meditation while you're still alive there's an opportunity to attain full samadhi and there's also an opportunity to go even beyond that and uh, develop wisdom and insight and let go completely and experience any of the stages of enlightenment. But anyway, back to the four more basic things. So we need our flight ticket. We need to have faith, confidence, wide view, conviction in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, faith, confidence, wide view, and belief, in the principle of karma and rebirth that is actually very helpful even just having the conviction that it will not stop and that there is something like rebirth it's sometimes reported when people uh, they get into contact with the spirit of someone who has committed suicide and uh, sometimes they're extremely confused as people who commit suicide, they usually assume, no, I'm so miserable that nothing is better. And then they try to end their misery. And they're hoping that there's just nothing. Of course, there's not nothing, but it continues. But if you have a strong conviction that there's nothing, it can be extremely confusing. And they're often stuck in a very, very confused state and find it very difficult to move on another strong argument against uh, suicide. On the other hand, when someone has that faith and that conviction, their mind will be bright, radiant, and they will wise up. Number two is a visa. Any idea what the visa represents? Exactly. Even if you have... Uh, certain level of faith in the Buddha and the Triple Gem. If we are breaking the five precepts, particular biggie style, uh, killing, stealing, unfaithful to a spouse or partner, lying through our teeth and getting sloshed and intoxicated with all kinds of drugs, then you will find it very difficult to make it to a human or deva rebirth. Now the five precepts are, so to speak, now the entry visa for both Devaloka and Manusaloka, for both now the human and the Deva rebirth, in particular for Devas. There's one reason why Devaloka, why heaven is so heavenly, because all the bad guys don't get in there. There's also some consolation if you ever feel really down how bad it is in this human world. Is it only me or do you sometimes feel like that as well? 
watching the atrocities being committed every single day in Gaza, watching the war in Ukraine, watching the, all the other stuff happening, the one sometimes feels quite despondent. The one thing which can uplift us a little bit, now, if we keep precepts, if we have that faith, and if we make it to Deva Loka, now, all the bodies wouldn't be there. Human world is quite unique that you can have the absolute highest, the Buddha. On in our time, at least maybe you have still Arahants, someone who has completely freed their heart from all suffering, from all defilements. And you can have the people who are absolutely demonic, and if they die at that moment, they would straight away go to a deep hell. And you have got others who may not be enlightened, but who are so pure from Samadhi that they basically like Brahmas. And in the human world, you could all have them maybe in an escalator standing squeezed together from the very highest, most lofty, completely pure person to the most evil and demonic. is quite unique in the human world. But in Devaloka, you wouldn't have any of the baddies. So that is something that can be quite uplifting. This is one reason the Buddha recommended the recollection of the devas. So flight ticket, faith, confidence in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, visa, not to kill, not to steal, not to commit adultery or sensual misconduct, not to lie, and to remain sober, no alcohol or intoxicants. However, even if you have your flight ticket and your visa, someone pointed out it's good to have some credit card, some cash, some bitcoin. What is that a simile for? It's easy, no? Hmm? Exactly, your punya, your store of generosity, your store of punya, of good karma. And I'm sure if you were to emigrate, no, you probably wouldn't say, no, I've got already $10,000, why would I need more? Can't have too much money, no, if you go to a different country and have to establish yourself. You can't have too much good karma. And this is also where this is kicking in. This is what you are doing, Dr. Gamini, for your brother, filling up his credit card. Imagine you finally do this big holiday to Paris. Oh, you always wanted to go to Paris, and now finally the time has come, and you're traveling out. And the first thing straight, Champs-Élysées, in one of these beautiful French cafes, and then ordering some croissant and a cup of coffee or whatever you order there. And then when the waiter comes, and you pay, you put your credit card in, rejected, no credit. And you realize in your enthusiasm for your great Paris holiday and buying all your nice dresses you know, that you are also looking acceptably fashionable in that city of lights, you have overstrained your credit card and there's nothing left. 
Will that be a nice holiday in Paris? Three weeks with an empty credit card there? And then comes a little text message on your phone. And your favorite auntie sending a text message. Oh, I hear you are three weeks in Paris. I just transferred $20,000 onto your account. Enjoy. How would you feel having 20000 to spend in Paris in three weeks? That may be quite a nice holiday, no? This is the idea, doctor. Filling up the credit card for your brother. Now, even if he is a very good person, he may not be in that situation I just described, that the credit card is empty. No, but we never know, and it's always better to have more. And finally, it's easier to emigrate if you have a doctor degree, a master degree, some qualification, even work experience, if you have knowledge. That is a development of wisdom and insight. This is actually where we are going beyond that simile. Because even emigrating to a beautiful country, or maybe a country you know, that is better where we come from, certainly much better climate here than in Germany, for my, for my taste. Um, even if we are emigrating to a very good country, there's still the same basic problems remain. We can get old, we can get sick. Any country may have war and problems. And the ultimate aim is to get out completely. And so, wisdom, knowledge is already helpful and is one factor of making good karma. And will help us not to have a good rebirth. But it's also the one factor under which starts transcending the whole process of samsara. So we should never miss out on that opportunity to deepen our understanding of the Dhamma, to reflect on the Four Noble Truths, to reflect on the three characteristics, impermanence, all formations are impermanent, all bodies are impermanent, all lives are impermanent. Although this is a younger brother, he is teaching you now. Normally in uh, Asian culture, the seniors are the one who is supposed to teach. But in this case, no, your younger brother is teaching you. As a reminder, this is where all life ends. And because what is born has to die one day. What arises no, will pass away. What comes into existence will cease. Now, this is the experience we constantly can confirm whether it's material objects, or whether it's your thoughts or emotions, whether it's your feelings, your ideas, your perceptions, whether it's other people, they come into existence, they persist for a while, and then they pass out and uh, end and cease. So it's quite apparent that anything that is constructed based on conditions will fall apart and will end when these conditions are exhausted. 
Now that is actually the one thing we have to learn. And I say knowledge, understanding, it doesn't mean that you have to do uh, multiple PhDs. Dr. Malt, <laughs> it's not necessary you know, to have great quantity of knowledge. Just knowing that much, you know, that anything that arises will pass away, and knowing it deeply enough that the heart can let go, now that is true knowledge. So my hope is that Pandana has secured that all. And just like when you go to the airport, do you know the little checkup when you're way to the airport? Have I got my ticket? Have I got my... And then you may check a second time if you're a little bit compulsive like me. Do you like checking several times whether you've got your ticket and your credit card and so on? So did your brother have that faith? In the triple gem? Yes. So he's got his flight ticket. Yes. And he kept the precepts. Sadhu, sadhu. That's his visa. And he made good karma. And additionally, you're sending him at a top up for his credit card. And has he developed some knowledge and understanding of the Dhamma? Has he studied the Dhamma? And yeah. A person dies. How long does it take usually for them to be reborn? I cannot answer that with any certainty. The Buddha, I'm not aware that he has made any definite statements on that. He did state that, for example, an extremely bad person, they may be reborn in hell, just like someone dropping a rucksack, uh, just dropping. And it seems that also an extremely good person may be reborn straight away in Brahmaloka. I would think that for the extreme cases, it's very quick. And that for the more mixed karma, it can take a longer period. But traditionally, there's these things that you offer dana after seven days, and then maybe after seven times seven, which is 49 days, seven weeks, sometimes also 100 days. And also in different traditions, they have different ideas on that, so it seems to vary. It seems to vary, and it will depend on how easy the transition is. It's a little bit like if I ask you, how long does it take to fly from here to Sri Lanka? If you buy the most expensive ticket, it may be noticeably faster than you when you buy the cheapest ticket and you go somewhere via uh, south of China and uh, Laos and I don't know what, what three transits uh, may take much longer. Now the crucial one is have these things ready. Have your faith, have your virtue, have your good karma and have your knowledge, have your understanding, have done your meditation, have studied the Dhamma. And then it will probably go faster. Sense of urgency, that's what I'm trying to induce. Because what is your departure time? If you're going on a flight, usually you want to know your departure time, isn't it? For example, I fly next to uh, 
Saigon and then on to Thailand, and that's on the 15th, and departure time was somewhere at night. I've got it in my calendar. But what's your date and time of departure to the next life? You don't know even, eh? But, but do, do you know for sure that it's not even today? Yeah, so would you be ready? If someone comes and says, okay, the flight to Bolivia, one-way ticket to Bolivia is in three hours of you go, would you be ready? Now that's the idea. So if you don't even know our exact departure time and date, we should make sure that we have the ticket, that we have the visa, that we have enough credit on the credit card and that we have our qualification, our Dhamma knowledge. This is exactly what I also mean with that simile, to arouse that sense of urgency. Because we are all booked, every single one here in this room is going to emigrate to the next life. And if you're already an immigrant, they may have deceived you a little bit. Because you know, what was a big thing to get in Australia? What visa? The permanent residence visa, ne? This is a deception. There's no permanent residence anywhere on earth. We only have temporary residence. And even the born Aussies, if you're born in Australia, you know, citizen from birth, in reality you have only a temporary residence visa. But if you have a temporary residence visa in Australia, they usually put that very clearly under your visa condition when it runs out. But your guys are more like on a, what do they call the temporary protection visa or something, where you never know, where you never know, where they get deported next moment. Or you're more like the guys who don't have any visa and the moment they catch you, they may get deported straight away. It's not a nice situation, isn't it? But this is what you are. You're not, not secure here in this country or anywhere on earth. You're not even on a proper temporary visa which gives you a date when it expires. But you're on some construction where any moment you may get deported. Yeah, this is what I mean by sense of urgency. And if you don't know whether any moment you have to go and fly, it's a little bit like standby. It's a little bit like that. Any moment we may be called. Last call for Mr. or Mrs. X. Please go to the departure gate immediately. Your plane is leaving in 50 minutes. Yeah.